You. You've done it. You fought for your freedom in one of the most brutal, destructive wars in history and made it out alive. You've built and defended forts and posts, stopped invasion, but most importantly, proved that you were just as capable as anyone else. Sounds great, doesn't it? You're proud of yourself, or at least you should be. But the thing is, nobody else acknowledges you. Nobody else believes that you played the role that you did in the war. They deny you any compensation. You are worthless to them. Well, that is exactly what happened to the Colored Corps. History. The War of 1812. Written from the perspective of the British, the perspective of the Americans, but never the bystanders, the minorities, the colored core. Well, that is exactly what today's topic is about. The perspective of the colored core. Good morning, history homies. My name is Vaishak, and I'm here with Murray and Hanya. I'd like to move to Denmark and live in a windmill. Ashley, I think the Netherlands is the country with the windmill. But other than that... Solid plan. Anyways, I'm Hanya. Please excuse Murray and Vaishak. So, speaking of windmills, let's talk about some people who didn't have them, the Colored Corps. But first, some background information. The War of 1812 was a three-year war fought mainly between Britain and the United States. At this time, Britain was impressing or kidnapping American sailors to force them into their own navy. You're right, Murray. This, combined with the belief that the British were supplying the native tribes with weapons, is what ultimately led to a declaration of war on June 18, 1812. A few weeks into the war, a veteran of the American Revolution named Richard Pierpoint offered to raise a militia in the Niagara region. This is what led to the creation of the Colored Corps. Also known as Runchy's Company of Colored Men, a militia that consisted entirely of black Canadians. They numbered over 700. That actually doesn't sound like a lot of people. You're right, but remember that in the 1800s, the black population in Canada was only a few thousand. The fact that the Corps was a militia means that all of the members came from a civilian population. Wait, but wasn't racism a big problem back then? Why would the color Corps fight for Britain? Well, there were many reasons. The biggest one is that black people had a lot more rights in Upper Canada than they would have had in the U.S. This began several years back with Lieutenant Governor John Graves Simcoe, a very powerful man who wanted to abolish slavery entirely. I'm guessing that didn't go so well. That's right. Because many members of the Canadian government were slave owners themselves, they opposed Simcoe's ideas. He had to settle for limiting slavery instead of removing it entirely. That actually sounds like a great solution. This meant that slavery would gradually decrease without any major impacts on the Canadian economy. This also encouraged slave owners to liquidate their slave assets as the value would slowly go down as the terms became more and more limited. I suppose you could say that. What I mean by all of this is that if the U.S. were to stage an invasion, all of these new and improved rights would be resigned to under the new governing body. Which is to say they chose the lesser of two evils? Exactly. Besides that, many had no choice. In fact, some members of the Colored Corps were enslaved to British men who forcibly enlisted them in the militia. Even some free men had to join the Corps. You're almost making it sound like everybody in the Colored Corps was there unwillingly. There were some benefits. Sure, but what other options did they have? Imagine if a black man refused to join the Colored Corps. With all the odds against them at the time, their promised 200 acres of land was their only way to make their own livelihood. It was either fight in the militia or starve to death. 
Were these promises actually fulfilled once the War of 1812 was over? Not really. You see, once the war was over and soldiers were claiming their rewards, many members of the Color Corps were denied, receiving only 100 acres of land rather than the 200 given to their white counterparts. That sounds incredibly unfair, but first we'll need to know exactly how much they contributed. Well, the Colored Corps was definitely more of an auxiliary force, stationed around posts and forts instead of being on the front lines. That isn't to say that they didn't have a significant impact on the War of 1812. They did. Two battles in particular, the Battle of Queenston Heights and the Battle of Fort George. Many British troops were impressed when they came across the militia, commending them on their enthusiasm, skill, and teamwork. The Battle of Queenston Heights is one of the most well-known battles of the, War of, of the War of 1812. That's right. It's widely considered a Pyrrhic victory. That means that although the British managed to hold up the American troops and pressure them into surrendering, the cost of the battle outweighed the gain, especially with the death of Sir Isaac Brock. The celebrated British general? Mm-hmm, yes. But what did the Color Corps do? If I remember correctly, the Color Corps skillfully fired many shots into the American ranks and helped shift the tide of the war. What about the Battle of Fort George? The Battle of Fort George was one of the greatest American victories in the War of 1812. The Navy and Army collaborated in one large-scale assault from the sea inland. After a brief but destructive battle of gunfire with the British troops and the Colored Corps, they successfully took control of Fort George and pretty much the entire Niagara region. Well... I think we can safely conclude that the Colored Corps were one very significant group when looking at the history and background of the War of 1812. You can't say that for sure. After all, they only had a few hundred members, and you don't know what would have happened without them. Oh, this is about to get good. Even though they didn't take part in many battles, they helped in the two most important ones. Yes, but just look at the outcome of those two battles. Resounding failures for the British side. Failure is a strong word. Every event has its pros and cons. Haven't you ever heard of the saying, losing a battle but winning a war? The War of 1812 wasn't just about who won and who lost each fight. Far from it. The fact is that the Corps supported the army in general by guarding forts and posts, preventing them from being taken by the U.S. They may have not engaged in many flashy gunfights or gone on heroic endeavors, but what matters is that they did ultimately change the outcome of the war. That is really important. I think you're severely understating the importance of these battles. There were huge tide-turning clashes, both with devastating consequences for the British. The loss of a huge military leader and the entire Niagara region is not something you can so easily brush off as losing a battle but winning the war. Guys, um... The thing is, the British did win the war. Or at least they were the ones who came out better off in the end. To be honest, from a patriotic perspective, the War of 1812 is a rather humiliating conflict. Consider this, the English simply stormed into Washington and set fire to it. How simple. Not only did they devastate the capital city, but the English blockades on American ports nearly brought the economy to a halt. Then there were the dismal attempts by the Americans to conquer Canadian land, which resulted in nothing more than almost a comedic failure. I never mentioned anything about the US winning, or even about them being better off than the British. You assume that based on what I said about the Colored Corps not being a major force. The only reason we're discussing them today is because they were unique in their diversity, but not necessarily their skill. Uh, guys. No, but you're saying the U.S. basically won. The British came through, and though they didn't win major battles, they were the most upstanding. They were the ones who represented colored people in the war. 
They were the ones who let different perspectives be heard. They didn't win the war, but they definitely played their fair share. Were any of these promises fulfilled? Did the Color Corps really bring anything to the table? The war would be the same without them. Either way, the US conquered. Guys, no one actually won the war. They both had gains. Is that to say that the English won since they didn't start it? Or did the Americans prevail because the English ceased doing things that caused the tensions to begin with? You're right. Neither actually won. Let's move on from this debate. The Colored Corps were indeed a one-of-a-kind British unit filled with individuals who cherished freedom and had been prepared to fight for it for their own homes and, most importantly, their own nation. Richard Pierpoint advocated the establishment of a black militia, a corps of men of color, shortly after the United States waged war upon the British. Yeah, and in fact, over 50 people represented the regiment all through the course of the war. Of course, including Richard Pierpoint. Due to casualties, diseases, dispossessions, and the exclusion of black soldiers from many other militia groups, the department's strength changed all across the war. Must the citizens of the United States win the war, the black population of British North America seemed to have a lot to fear. Those who were slaves may have thought that by serving the king as soldiers, they would be set free. Though, they were wrong. Their personnel included both enslaved and free individuals. That's right, Hanya. Though, in the end, the soldiers of the Colored Corps were let down when some slave owners asked their British soldiers to return the Colored Corps to them. Imagine working that hard, not only for yourself, but for your livelihood, for your family, and most importantly, your freedom. That was an amazing episode. There was so much I learned. Yep, sadly, that's it for the first episode of History House. I agree with Murray. We could go on and on about all the different perspectives on the War of 1812. So many different perspectives and so many different sides to the significant event. Hanya, do you want to wrap it up? Sure. Though the Colored Corps might have been a small group, they had a unique perspective and they contributed to the war significantly despite the fact that they were heavily mistreated. They did not receive the appreciation they deserved for what they accomplished as a group. Not just for their own independence, but also for their nation. Sometimes we need to take a look at the world around us and look at things from different perspectives and get the whole picture. The War of 1812 is obviously not a one-sided story, so it's important that we take a look at things differently in all these different sides to just one single story. And that's it. Thanks for listening to the History House.